You're so, not okay. Okay, so here's a <laughs> perfect crazy. example. You're not perfect sitting there example. going like, praise God, I have no, joy. No, by no means. It was just like, I'm a mess right now. I'm looking at my kids like, I might die. You know, <laughs> right? It's crazy. And um, I was- did at, you have joy? I, I was at the bottom. But here's where the joy happened. And I'm going to talk, I, I want to talk about this because I mentioned already community. We were so loved on. And I was physically, I was at the bottom. I don't know if I've ever been that sick in my life. I ended up in the ER, had pneumonia. It was crazy. People started bringing us meals, dude. And it wasn't just the average meal. I'm People were like grilling steaks for us. And I remember sitting there eating this steak. I couldn't taste it. But I was just like, just tears run down my eyes. Like, this is amazing. People. Wow. And so that's where the joy was like, oh, that's right. I'm loved. We're loved by people. Um, and and the, I was like, okay, it's going to be all right. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Proper Creative. They help me with our brand content and, of course, making our swag. They're the ones that ship it out to us. That's Proper Creative. And they work with any type of business, whether you're a big corporation or a small business or even running it out of your house. They will work with you and they will help you and relieve a ton of liability and work from your shoulders. That's Proper Creative. You can follow them on Instagram, P-R-O-P-R, or you can go to their website at P-R-O-P-R. P-R-O-P-R-L-L-C.com. Let Proper Creative help you build your brand and sell direct to consumer, regardless of the size of your business. Proper Creative is definitely a good choice. Welcome to another week of Level Up with Matt Rogers. I am your host, Matt Rogers. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the engineer, the brains behind the operation, the Jew with the golden beard, Eli Adelman. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why it's the golden beard. Because you have a beard and it's beautiful. I get so I just the golden, golden Jew thing, but the golden the, Jew the with the golden is, beard. Yeah, it's just it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what it represents is gold. Oh, okay. It's gold. You're the chosen one. Got gotcha. you. And I freaking love you. You do such a great job on this. Thanks, man. You make us look and sound good. Well, I mean, you can't really help it's, the way I look. I was going to say, it's hard good. to make you look good, but <laughs> <laughs> we try. But you know what else you help with is you help with amazing guests. I have always said it from day one. I'll never stop saying it. Uh, I feel like the best part of this show is the guests that we have. Now, a lot of major podcasts out there, they have booking agencies. They have a marketing department that they pay we don't. We do this all by ourselves. You've heard, you know, at the beginning, we do have sponsorships. But when it comes to booking talent, finding people, getting interviews, it is us and our network. And by us, I mean me and Eli. So our guest today, I'm super excited about. You've been championing this guest since day one, since we first started filming at the beginning of the year. I did my homework and loved what I saw. So our uh, our guest today... Is his passion is to awaken joy in everyday life. He has 20 years of leadership and ministry experience underneath him. Uh, pastor in California, ex-Navy, U.S. Navy, co-founder and director of nonprofit organizations, Speaking Louder. Uh, he locks arms with Jeremy Camp, one of the biggest Christian stars on the planet, and I am excited that he's in the house with us today. We call him the Joy Doctor. Give it up for the one and only Danny Williamson. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go. And you, Good to see you guys. He started this. <laughs> a little snap fun. There we go. So you wrote this book, Where is the Joy? That's so right. we are going to concentrate uh, and really focus on joy today. Awesome. And, you know, why, you know, you didn't talk about happiness or enthusiasm. Yeah. Why joy? And Like, where did joy start from with you? Yeah, so in you know I've been walking with Jesus for man twenty five years now. Found the Lord at a Billy Graham crusade, and my life was turned around, and it's never been the same. Um, and I began to notice this uh, desire, you know, as I began to travel the world and see people all over the world and all kinds of cultures, and and this one of these fruits of the spirit that we call joy. Um, I began to notice the desire for it. Um, I've yet to meet a person in all my life who doesn't want joy. Sure. You know what I mean? And and joy, it, it's it's more than the happiness. Because it, none of us are going to be happy all the time or anything like that. Um, I look at happiness as like a, a, a sugar or a cotton candy. 
you know, but joy is like the sticky stuff. It's the honey. It's, it's what's going to remain. It's good for you. It's healthy. And, um, anyway, I just saw this desire for it throughout the world. And then the desire in my own life, like, and I really, that's it. That, that is this key ingredient, this secret, this mystery, this wonderful aspect of life that God's given us. And I just began to pursue it and, um, and try to dive deep into it and, and see, okay, what is it? Because joy is that thing when people have it, like really are walking in it, others look on and they're like, that's what I want. I want that, that, that thing you got going on right yep. there. It's joy. And, uh, I, I just began to like, I want this. I want it in my own life. I want it in other people's life. I want it in my family's life. And so um, how can I have it? Uh, through good times, bad times, how can it still remain? So we're definitely going to talk about that, having yeah. joy through bad times. I mean, yeah. that's a hot topic for a lot of people because, you know, you see the people that, you know, kind of look like they're putting on a front, even yeah. though you know deep down they're hurting, but they have to put on this face yeah. of, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm happy going through this time. It's like, no, you're not, dude. You're going yeah. through hell right now. Yeah. But then you also have people, like you said, like there's something different about them. When we, when we hear the word joy, it, yeah. it does have a very like Christian feel to it. But totally. everyone uses the word happy. Yep. So you know, yep. and you know more better than anyone. Like yep. everyone's, you know, we say like, well, you just got to do what makes you happy. Right. You know, Dan, right, you find right, out right. what makes you happy. Yeah. Is there a difference between being happy and having joy? I think there is. There is an interconnection as well. Like there's aspects of joy where happiness, you know, happiness is a gift from God as well. And um, there's something special about being happy. And so the two are interlocked in a sense. Um, but at the same time, happiness has a tendency to flee. It, it just, it can come and go moments, you know, you can be happy one moment and five minutes later, you know, you're in the tank. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, we I have a 13 year old boy, an 11 year old boy and a six year old boy. And tell you what, man, my 13 year old, there's times he's like on cloud nine, five minutes later, boom, you know? Yeah. And um, those are happy moments. Uh, but joy is that thing which just doesn't go away. It, it can be, you can remain, you know, I, I love talking about even things like the joy of tears. You know, joy can be present in it. It doesn't mean your world's perfect and everything's peachy king. It just means that th- th- you can take a breath. You'd be like, ah, oh, that's joy. You know what I mean? And, um, and so that's where I found the difference. If happiness is great and it's awesome, we love it. Thanksgiving dinner, we're like, yeah, everyone's happy. Dinner. But mm-hmm. then there's like joy that just remains it's steady it's still there no matter even when life it's a fan it's still there would you say so is happiness an emotion yeah totally yeah and joy is not yeah right? joy is just joy is really a fruit of the spirit if you want to get theological on it joy is just this reality of jesus being present in our life and um, when it, that's what i've found it really comes down to it's reality of the presence of jesus oh I, there he is then, yeah. okay then that leads me to ask you this question for you know, because I, I have a ton of non-believers that listen to the show. Sure. that And it's probably one of my biggest um, that I really take pride in. Yeah. And that it really gives me, you know, gratitude for our listeners is I get a ton of people that say, hey, dude, I don't believe what you believe. And I don't pray to the same God you do. Yeah. But I like listening to your podcast because it inspires me. It levels up. But uh, I don't believe what you believe. So sure. for... For those listeners, this is going to be a tough question for me to ask. Sure. But be honest, like you always are. Yeah. Can you have joy without Jesus? Wow. As a foundational piece, I would say for, for if you're going to look at the eternal picture, no. Can, by God's grace someone experience the joys of life and experience uh, even a lifestyle of joy um, without Jesus being at the forefront, it's possible. Like, you can be a joyful business leader. Like, I, I've, I, I've also walked as a, you know, a consultant for businesses and different things. And so you can have principles in your life and, and um, dynamics of your life that help you have a joyful life, a joyful aspect of leadership. You're a joyful leader. Um but when it comes down to who you are in your inner man, inner woman, um, that's where that true, deep, lasting joy that we're all longing for. Right. I think that part of joy is impossible without Jesus. Does that make sense? 100%. So, so you, you know, I, I love talking about those things which hinder joy. And 
a believer or non-believer can walk in those principles of life. You know, we can walk with a sense of vulnerability or we can walk with even be forgiving to others. You know, it can bring more joy into our life. So we can experience a great level of joy um, no matter if we're, you know, a Christian or, or not. But that deep inner longing of the soul, that that eternal rest of the soul, if you will, mm-hmm. that deep joy that that we look at someone's life and we're like, what is it about you? That... I think that aspect is impossible without Jesus. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And I've I've seen it firsthand too because like you said, like great examples like joyful leaders. Like yeah. I've seen people who, you know, especially when they're in front of their um, you know, in front of their staff or in front of, you know, their team or whatever, they exude that joy. Yeah. But then you get them alone or they're by themselves at the end of the day. And they don't have it anymore. It's kind of like it turns off and on. Yes. And a buddy of mine, Rex Crane, um, who we had on this podcast, if you go back to former episodes, I think he's like 104, Eli, maybe? Three, maybe. 103? No, Kim or uh, Jeff was whatever. Rex is like one of the first. 105. Okay, 105. He taught me something that has stuck with me forever, and it's, you know, you could have the principles of Jesus, which lead to prosperity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have those, like you could follow the principles and not even believe in the guy Yeah, and you can have prosperity, but there's the person of Jesus that brings peace. Yes. So you, and I've seen people that have, you know, that follow the principles of Jesus, but not the person yeah. and they have prosperity. And at the end of the day, they're miserable. Yeah. They can't sleep at night. They're anxious. They're worried. They're sad. You know, uh, which is why we see, you know, so many famous people uh, commit suicide and develop addiction and stuff because they don't have that person. And then the flip side is, you know, and I even have family members that know the person of Jesus, but they're praying for prosperity from their couch and they don't actually do anything. Yeah. And they're freaking broke. That's right. But they have peace. Yeah. So to hear you say that, like, it is impossible to have true joy at the end of the day without Jesus. I believe that 100%. Yeah. Just because I've experienced, like we believe what we experience, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you travel a lot, you speak a lot. Have you seen that firsthand with you know non-believing leaders? Because you speak, absolutely. yeah, you know, a lot of mainstream companies yeah. that don't yeah. believe what you believe. Yeah, absolutely. You see it. I mean, people. It's like you said. If someone can apply the principles of Jesus, you know, and and apply those to their life and still not be a believer, they're going to find success. I mean, Jesus knows what life's all about. Right. And so whether, if you're a business leader and you start applying these principles that contribute to being a joyful leader, being a type of leader that um, your employees actually don't mind being around, you know, you create a culture that that's healthy. And th- those are just great life principles to have. Um, but then there's that extra level of joy. What, what happens when, when you go home from work? Or you turn it off in a sense, and there you are just sitting on your couch, and you're, you're empty, and you're longing. And so that's where that per, the person of Jesus can meet the need of the soul. So he can meet the need of the leader. He can mm-hmm. meet the need of the mom, you know, at home trying to raise kids. But then when it comes down to that individual deep longing of soul for inner peace, for, for true rest, for joy, it comes through Jesus. Have you lived a portion of your life without joy or without Jesus? Like what brought you to this conclusion and even write a book? You know, you know, the title of the book is where is joy. And at the bottom, it says an invitation to look up, reach out and experience life's greatest treasure, which obviously would be joy in this example. Yeah. Have you lived your life without joy at certain points? Absolutely. Um, I have my, my younger years, um, were difficult. It, I had a pretty checkered past, if, if you will, um, at, you know, going all the way back, even in my adolescence at the ages 13 and 14, I was, I was uh, suicidal, really? tried to take my life on multiple occasions. Uh, for whatever reason, I just thought that was the answer, you know, and, and the world we're in today, suicide is a huge epidemic. There's a loneliness epidemic. COVID hasn't made anything better. Um, and so I, I get it. I can relate to those who are struggling with depression, uh, anxiety, you know, even at a young age, you know, look at this the Gen Z and this younger generation and what they're going through. And um, so I get it. And so then coming out of the adolescence by God's grace and a, and a mom and a dad who just listened to me. So mm-hmm. this a little side note for yeah. if you know someone who's struggling with suicide, just listen. They just want to listen in here. 
And that actually brought me through in my childhood, that, that season of my life, fortunately. And, but then I dove headfirst into anything else that would try to give me joy or make me happy, whether it was um, just massive levels of partying or, um, you know, relationships with as many girls as possible. I mean, you name it. It was just like I was just seeking anything that would bring me joy or bring me happiness or, or bring me peace of mind or, you know, give me the next high and, and whatever it could be. <laughs> Um, and then, and like you said, those little moments probably brought you a moment of happiness, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You go to a killer party and you're like, yeah, you know, and (laughs) that was awesome. Or go to a concert or whatever it is. And all those things could, you know, can fill your tank to a little, for a little bit. Um, but then I, you know, two days later, I'm like, oh man, I just, I need to go to another party, you know? Um, so it just, that, that deep peace and deep, deep joy wasn't there. And so, I got invited, you know, to a Billy Graham crusade. Like I mentioned at the start, was wow. man, I was a senior in high school, and the person who invited me was a girl I was dating. She didn't even know the Lord or anything. She's like, "Hey, do you want to go to Billy Graham?" And I was like, "Uh, sure." This is not your wife now, right? No, okay. just a fr- you know a, fr- a girlfriend at the time. And where and, was uh, it at? It was in Sacramento, California. And dude, true story, man. So invited- he must have been in his what seventies? Oh yeah, he this was like what he was 20, up there twenty five. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. So, um, that's like 25 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and I remember hearing him preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And I was like, oh man, I started crying. I was like, what really? is this? Yeah, dude. Start bawling. I was like, oh my goodness. This How many is people it. Were there like thousands. Oh, oh, absolutely. We even snuck in, dude. It was an overflow and they're like, oh, we're all full. And I was like, I'm going in and it was free. So you just, I, I like snuck in. I, I cut past the line and went in. And um, I was at the top of the arena. He gives an invitation to receive Jesus. And I was like, I got to go. And so I even, even looked at the people. I've always wondered, because yeah. I mean, I went to like a Promise Keepers thing yeah. when I was a young, like at Angel Stadium yep. in Anaheim. Um, I don't remember too much about it. But I, like, my point is, even in the top row, oh, the anointing fell and you felt it. 100%. I was bawling. And I even look at the, the, the girl I was with and her family was there too. And I was like, hey, are you guys going? Cause I'm going like, I thought I like, I got it up. Like I'm running and they're like, no, we're good. You know? And I was like, whatever. I literally got, it. I ran, I ran like Let's all go. the way down to the, to the front and um, just asked Jesus into my life, man. And I've never been the same and things weren't perfect. I, dude, I, I was a mess. You know, God took me as I was, I, you know, go to parties and smoking a big bowl and be like, you got to know Jesus, dude, you know? And people are like, sure, man. You know? And, and so, but then like that summer after, <clears throat> Um, I graduated high school. That's when everything changed. I, I went to this thing with Youth with a Mission, and everything just turned around. And I was like, "Oh, there it is. There's the life what that I was, was longing for." It was. I was. I just got around community. I love talking about community. It has so much to do with joy. I got around people um, that just had a true relationship with Jesus. It wasn't artificial. It was just genuine and real. Here I am, away, just in a fresh new environment, and everything just the light went on. And I was like. Oh, God is so real. He's so in love with me. And man, I want this. And um, and everything just turned around. Not long after that, I joined the Navy. You know, I found myself in the Navy, like in boot camp. And um, it, it was just wild, man. You know, able people were coming to me like, hey, dude, we pray for me, dude. You know, and like are all you kinds still of still smoking bowls or no? No, <laughs> totally dropped that. Yeah, that summer is when everything I was like, Lord, here, have my life. You know, you can do whatever, whatever you want with it. I laid, laid all that down, and um, it was amazing, man. I was able to just share with my friends who I'd known before. They're like, dude, some, you changed, you know? And so, like, yeah, I was crazy. I, you know, I wonder about this because people always say, and it's sad because even Christians, you know, like, how do I tell people about Jesus? It's sure. just, it's your walk, right? Like, yeah. what were you doing to make people say, will you pray for me? Like, were you sitting there and, like, you're doing your Navy drills or yeah. whatever it is? Yeah. Are you preaching Jesus or are you just, yeah. I, or is just your walk speak louder than what you say or what? The, the walk spoke loud. Honestly, and, and this isn't cliche by any means, it was joy. It really was. It, there was a joy in me that there, there was a, a newness of life that was coming out. And people were like, dude, you're different. And, and I wasn't being weird. I wasn't being preachy. I was just like, you know, if they'd asked me, I'd be like, hey, dude, I just love Jesus, man. You know, and, and it had no religiousness to it or anything like that. It was just, there was a joy. So I would say early on in my walk, this passion for joy just was like, oh, that's the difference maker. That's what makes this effective. You know, go to a country and you're, and you're sharing with people who've never even heard about the name of Jesus even, but they're seeing you and they're seeing something in you. You're like, why is that guy, 
what is about him, you know? And I, oh, it was joy. It was the the joyful presence of God in my life. Let you know? me back up, back to the sure. Billy Graham crusade for a second. Yeah. Just because, and this is, this is a subject that Eli, Eli and I talk about a lot, yeah. you know, off mic, is Billy Graham preached the gospel. Straight gospel. He's preached the gospel and look at the effect it had. Huge. And I don't want to bash on anybody, but I do have a strong distaste today because I grew up in the church. Oh, yeah. Of just the different cliches that, you know, different churches are preaching and like, you know, and, you know, and the different, you know, backdrops and this series and that series, mm-hmm. like, why don't we just preach the gospel yeah. and let the Holy Spirit do what he does and let's just go into all the world and yeah. preach the gospel instead of like, all right, we're going to do five weeks of faith or yeah. like whatever. Not yeah. that there's anything bad about that, but right. like, do you think, again, you know, I want to, you know. I don't want to bash on anyone, but do you think that the church is missing that old school gospel come to Jesus message? I think at times we are, um, you know, and, and I'm not a big basher either. Right. Um, I don't want to but, bash anyone. No, I but, hope people aren't hearing me that way. I'm not trying to bash anyone. I just, yeah, but, but I, I do mean, want to get to the gospel. Yeah. I think, I think that gospel message should be readily available at all times, you know, in, in a, whether it's a sermon whether it's a, a church presentation, it is the gospel present. You know, I remember reading Billy Graham's, you know, autobiography. It's like 900 pages. It was crazy. But he got to a point in his life, he's like, I never want to preach another sermon without mentioning the cross and the resurrection. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think if, if the church can get a hold of that Amen. and just like let the cross and the resurrection speak and let God do what he's going to do with it, you know? If There's you- no moment like in history. And I did this. So if you like YouTube, um, greatest sermons ever preached, Billy Graham will be one of the top three people Guaranteed. that come up. Yeah. And I watched one that he preached in 1955. Yes. <laughs> and like 15 minutes through, I was bawling. Yeah. Like he was so powerful and anointed because he preached about Jesus. Period. And what Jesus has yeah. done for us. And you start to see yourself with value. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, like you said, like the suicide thoughts, like how did that change for you? Was it like the light came on and you're like, Oh wait, my life does matter. Yeah. It came down to knowing I was loved, you know? Yeah. I knew my parents loved me, but, but you know, they're human. They they fall short. Um, it, it came down to knowing I was eternally loved by the very one who created me. Like, and I didn't have to work for it. That, that was a huge thing as well. It's like, Oh, you just want, you just love me for me. And all I have to do is, is run to you, you know, and you'll take me just as I am seriously. And so it just came to that one truth. I'm loved. And that changed everything for me. Um, and, and, and there's been moments in my life, even, you know, walking with Jesus for years. Um, you know, it, I remember being in Africa, I was in Tanzania and, uh, and, you know, I had been walking with the Lord for about eight years or so to that point. <clears throat> and, and I got a little bit, quote unquote, zealous, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to be the next greatest missionary and all this crazy <laughs> stuff, you know. And, um, <clears throat> but it was so clear. I'll never forget those. I was in Tanzania. We're having this little upper room moment, just a guitar and some friends. And, um, and I just began to hear the voice of God speak to my life. And he said, Danny... Stop trying to impress me. I love you. And I was like, oh. And I just started falling <laughs> in. <clears throat> I did. And it just, I, I, it was floodgates. And from that moment, I would say that's where joy awakened to its fullest, where I was like, he just loves me, period. And because that means he loves you too, period. <laughs> And it changed how I looked at people. It changed how I interacted with people. Everything. Oh, God loves me. He really, really loves me. And I don't have to try to impress him. I just get to freely be who I am, be who I'm fully created to be, be the next best version of myself, as Bob Goff would say, like the next best version of yourself each day. You know, like I want to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday. So letting that happen in my life, but then just walking in it and being me. And then it just freed me up to love other people. It's like, hey, you be you, Matt. You know, just shine. It just rocks. It's amazing. And so um, that that's where this, this passion for joy just keeps awakening more and more and more. 
So you have joy now, but life still happens. Yeah. So let's talk about how you have joy when life happens. And, and real quick, I mean, you have an awesome wife, Michelle, and uh, three sons, yep. uh, Isaac, Malachi, and Josiah. Um, none of those which are biblical names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just got Hebrew written all, all over heaps, it right there. Man, Serious. Um, cool side note, just found out about five minutes ago before we started taping, your wife, Michelle, and I yep. went to the same Catholic middle school <laughs> or elementary school yes. growing up. St. Louis de Marillac in Covina, California, baby. Come on. How about that? Dude? How about uh, the principal, Mr. Burla, then Miss Pritchard, uh, Father Pierce, Father Ted. Don't Google him. That's a bad ending. Um, <laughs> and uh, But yeah, like so cool because <clears throat> her maiden name, Michelle Torres, her and my brother were friends, and I always kind of like followed them around because I was the, you know, short, chubby kid that wanted to be around the cool people. Now I'm the tall, chubby kid that wants to be around cool people, which is why you're here, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just so cool. So oh, it was amazing. Your wife, was, I hope I get to see her again because it's oh, been 30 plus years. Oh, we're going to make it happen, man. Absolutely. But okay, so you, you get married, you have kids, but life still happens. It does. Now you're the joy guy. Doesn't make you immune Not to diagnosis. All. Doesn't make you immune to pandemics. Doesn't yeah. make you immune to people backstabbing you. Yeah. People talking crap about you behind your back. People, yep. I mean, can people hurt you now? I'm, can you get offended with joy? Like, right, right. what, like, how do you have joy in life yeah. when just life freaking sucks sometimes. Absolutely. Cause life does suck sometimes for sure. And, um, Matt, Matt, that's a great question. It is because that's what people are asking. Like life just happens. You know, the problem with life is it's so daily, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're just like, Oh man, you know? And, and I, I, I definitely still get hit with, um, emotional, you know, turmoil. I still get hit with physical turmoil, man. I just got out of COVID right. a while back. Yeah, I'm clear now. Everybody, I'm clear. Oh, you had it? I had it, so dude. So did I. I still don't have my freaking smell back. Yeah, it's like 50% right now. It's horrible. Really? Oh, yeah. How long ago did you have it? Uh, I just got out of quarantine two, about two weeks ago. Oh, so you just had it? Just had it. Dude, I literally, I had a fever for six days straight. Just nice. couldn't break it. And I, I, remember I, was, I had the shake so bad, like, I, I come downstairs and I was like, <laughs> my wife's like, you're so, not okay. Okay, so here's a it perfect crazy. example. You're not perfect sitting there example. going like, praise God, I have no, joy. No, by no means. It was just like, I'm a mess right now. I'm looking at my kids like, I might die. You know, right? It's crazy. And um, I but was- did at, you have joy? I, I was at the bottom, but here's where the joy happened. And I'm going to talk, I, I want to talk about this because I mentioned already community. We were so loved on. And I was physically, I was at the bottom. I don't know if I've ever been that sick in my life. I ended up in the ER, had pneumonia. It was crazy. People started bringing us meals, dude. And it wasn't just the average meal. I'm, people were like grilling steaks for us. And I remember sitting there eating this steak. I couldn't taste it. But I was just like, just tears run down my eyes. Like, this is amazing. People. Wow. And so that's where the joy was like, oh, that's right. I'm loved. We're loved by people. Um, and and the, I was like, okay, going to be all right. I'm such a sucker. I'm getting all choked up. Oh, right dude, now. it's amazing. Because it's such a lowly feeling. And you're like, like you yeah. said, like the thing you're about- isolated. Well, the thing yeah. about COVID too is it's like playing Russian roulette with, you know, you know, a hundred shots and like four of them are loaded. Yeah. And you don't know if today's the day it's going to get worse. Because yeah. I had it. Thank God my symptoms were mild, but dude, it was a freaking mental battle. Oh boy. And you feel low. And oh yeah. When you have the like you have those moments, yeah. you can feel yeah. joy. You can walk yeah. in joy. You really can. And it took, you know, people would just drop off a bag and you know, we wouldn't even I wouldn't even see them. But I I knew who it was from and I'd just be like, oh my goodness. And so that actually brought us through text. You know, someone in California heard I had COVID and they're like, dude, are you okay? And you know, one of my buddies, um, I was sitting in ER. And it was just rough, man. The, the nurse forgot to bring me water even. I was just like, oh, my goodness, dude, this is crazy. And I get a text from a buddy, and he's just like, hey, man, he didn't even know I had COVID yet. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, you want to get together tomorrow? And I was like, uh, I can't. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, no. And, and But it just, it, <clears throat> you know, that community, someone meeting me at a low point and didn't even know. They were just reaching out because they love me. 
I was like, oh man. So, but community, this is a huge, you know, I love mentioning these things called dam busters because we have so often we get these dams that are blocking our river of joy of life. And, and they just block that way of joy. And whether we're suffering or whether in good times, you, you name it, it just, these things come in. And one of the things that breaks open that dam and creates that river of joy in all seasons of life is community. We can't do life alone. We just can't. And sometimes we try, we try to isolate ourselves and, but we need it. I mean, think about laughter for a second, like true, genuine, belly aching, snorting laughter, where it's just like your know, tears running down because you're laughing so hard. Have you ever done that alone? I don't, that's a great question. I don't think so. You know what I mean? And even if you, let's say you have a moment like that alone, it's probably because you're remembering a time when you were with people. Or you're even watching a movie that's hilarious or a show that's hilarious. Guess what? You're not alone. You're actually connected with that community on the show. And so there's something about community that just breaks open this dam and, and, and creates this true river of joy. That's why I say in my lowest moment of just having COVID, just recently, I was down in the dumps, isolated, locked down, and then people just start dropping off food. We found a Kroger card in our mailbox. I mean, crazy stuff, right? So cool. And it was just like, oh community brings so, so much joy a dam would be isolation a dam buster yeah. would be community absolutely. absolutely what's another dam versus dam buster yeah absolutely so another thing would be vulnerability is a dam buster right but shame and isolation or yeah you know shame really would be the opposite um and and that is just a huge dam you know, and we want to lock ourselves in a closet because we're so maybe ashamed. Or it can all, we can also be hiding those good things because we're insecure. And so insecurity and shame are the opposite of vulnerability. And so vulnerability, this damn buster, is really just being honest. It is. It's being honest with ourselves and being honest with others. And vulnerability, this is when vulnerability hit me. Um, I read a great book by Donald Miller called Scary Close. I don't know if you guys have ever read that, but... He made a comment in there and he said, how much of a tragedy would it be if you come to the end of your life and those who loved you the most never really knew you? Really? And, how, and he's talking about the good and the bad, right? The gold and the dross. Like, and so I was like, oh my goodness. And, I'm, and I was actually on a road trip. I had just, uh, the night before I'd read that. I'm so I wake up thinking about it. I'm on this, I'm on, driving across the country and my, I had a little Prius at the time. I'm like, <laughs> real quiet. You know, right? and it's like, oh. and, but I was thinking about this and I was like, man, have I been truly vulnerable with those who love me and know me? So I called one of my buddies and I was like, hey dude, do you know me? You know, and, and he and he thought about it for a second. He's, he's real wise and, and he said, you know what, Danny? I think I know you, you know, like I know, I know your struggles. I know your pains. I know your joys. I know your highs and lows. Um, but ultimately, Danny, only you can answer that question. Do I really know you? Have you let me in? And I was like, wow, I think so. You know, <laughs> and so, but vulnerability, it's this avenue of joy. Uh, Brene Brown says it's actually the birthplace of joy, vulnerability. And, and so if we're just willing to let people in and not just to see that our trash and our, 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 and our shameful stuff, but also the gold, right. are, are we sharing the poem that we just wrote, you know, that morning, or are, are we sharing the, the highlight of, of something amazing that just happened that you got to be a part of? Are we sharing that too? So are we sharing both the gold and the struggle? And so there's something that vulnerability just it just swings wide that gate so joy can truly take place. Vulnerability is huge. It's and it's tough and it's especially tough for men. Oh, I've known even, you know, come from the West Coast to the South, like men yeah. in the South do not open get up. vulnerable. No. They don't open up no. because they think it's weak. Yeah. It's and true. The, the truth is like it's not it doesn't make you weak. It it actually you know, a, a, I think what what's our listeners like 70% women, right, Eli? Yeah. Uh no, other way. I think it is actually. What? I thought we had a majority of women listening. Look, keep talking. I'll check it out. Okay. So I was going to say for, for the men listeners out there, the most attractive thing you can do to your wife is be vulnerable. Yep. And the most attractive thing you do to your kids is be vulnerable. That's like right. 
just open up. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're a wuss. Yeah. It just means you're real. And yeah. if you can admit your mistakes, huge. It's such an huge. attractive thing to people because we've all make mistakes. We do. And no one talks about them. It's so true. And I realize the best person to make fun of is myself. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, that's where it gets really funny. Right. And um and and so with, you know, with my kids, like I want to be quick to say sorry and say, you know, I blew it. I blew it as a dad. I'm, I apologize, you know, and, and same with my wife. It, you know, I always joke with my wife that my middle name's I'm sorry. You know, I, hi, I'm Danny. I'm sorry, Williamson, because I'm going to let you down. You know? <laughs> and um, but that's vulnerability. It's just being honest. You know, it's being honest with our emotions. It's being honest with who we are as people um, for the good and the bad, you know, and not and not trying to just live in this world of shame because shame's just going to suck the, the joy right out of us. It really is. But just face it and walk in it. And walk in that true honesty, and there's freedom in that, huge freedom. So, so when you write a book about a subject, yeah, in in my opinion, uh, you're an expert on okay. it. So I'm gonna call you the joy expert. Cool. <laughs> what if you could pick one thing or the moment or the time frame? What made you the joy expert that you could actually write a book about joy and why it's so important? Got it. Um, I would say. That it got to a point. Uh, we were living in Argentina. All right, we were living in Argentina for uh, almost three years. Dang, you yeah. don't mess around. Yeah, man, been to about thirty-five different countries, but this one we stayed in. We were. Why there for are a you? While. Were you like missionaries? Or yeah, something? yeah, we did it. I started a nonprofit in two thousand two, and and we used to take teams and live overseas for about five months out of the year with college age kids. It was amazing. We lived in India. For what were you building churches, or were you just encouraging? Like, what was Both, the point? All of it. We would actually find churches, find missionaries, find uh, local pastors, whoever it would be, ministries, how can we help you? And so we would just go and live there, small team, you know, five to 10 people, and just live there and serve them in whatever way we could. If they're doing outreach, we'd do outreach. If they're building something, we'd build something. If they're tearing something down, we'd tear something down. Did you, like, grow up in the Assemblies of God or something? No, I actually didn't. Assemblies I mean, of God yeah, loves they mission. They love that yeah. Stuff. yeah. I grew up in AG, yeah, so yeah. that's I, You know what? I did go, when I first gave my heart to Jesus, the first church I went to was AG. So. Praise God. Come on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, man, we just traveled around and we did that. And so, you know, na the nations was a huge aspect. And that was birthed in the Navy. You know, I remember seeing the world and like, oh, there's a great need in the world just for love and truth. Mm -hmm. And um, so all that to say, we lived in Argentina, went down there to, to plant a church. Um, I, I just um, finished a pastoral role in California and we felt like God called us to Argentina, went down there and talk about the wilderness. I mean, I, as far as Argentinians, like I love them as a culture. They're amazing. I'm actually calling the happiest sinners on earth. Cause they're just so, like, they, they're just a blast to be around, but they're, they don't see that the, so much of their culture doesn't see a need for Jesus. They're like, Oh, the Pope's Argentina. We're good. You know? Right. And, but as far as culture goes, I loved it. I love their food and their Argentinian steak and all that was amazing. But I hit I hit a, a deep valley in Argentina. I would say I walked through a wilderness there. Um, our marriage hit just we hit a valley. Our communication level just stopped. We, you know, I remember my sister coming down to visit us and she's like, something happened. You guys are cold. You know, we're you know, Michelle and I are both pretty passionate people and we argue or different things like that will, you know, there's there's a lot of heat and, and friction. And, but she came, my sister came down. We'd been down there about two years by that time. And she's like, you guys are cold. Something, something's off. And I realized we had just grown cold towards each other. My heart was growing cold towards the Lord. Uh, we didn't have huge aspects of community down there. And I remember being there and just was like, I, I got to the end of my rope. And I, and I was battling with depression again. That started coming wow. in. And and I see, and this is after oh, Jesus. Yeah, so it happens. Oh, it's real, man. I mean, it's a it's relentless, real. relentless. I mean, the devil doesn't take time out. No, no he I, doesn't play fair. No, and I started even having those thoughts again uh, that I had when I was thirteen. I was like, "Whoa, this has been a oh my goodness." I was literally at the bottom emotionally. What was it? Why? I, I don't even. I can't even put my finger on it. Um, part of it was community. We didn't have a lot of community there. We were struggling with language. I didn't have any. Um, you know, we 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 missed. There were parts of home we missed. There was just there was an isolation factor. I was alone a lot. Um, that and and I didn't. There wasn't very many avenues to have a sense of vulnerability. 
you know, I'd have to like call someone at home or, or my, even my Argentine friends, I, you know, I'd try to meet with them, but, but our, the, the language was a little off and, and, um, but I just got to this low point and, and I realized I, I need to look up. I really need to look up. And I began to, and, and there was a turning, but we got counseling in our marriage that the avenue of vulnerability, um, you know, we, we increased our community there as far as like, I began to really do what I could to open up with my Argentine guys and, you know, people I'd connect with and let's break through this language barrier somehow, like talking to more people at home. And we just began to open up and I was like, okay, I need this joy again because I'd lost it. And um, I need to tap into how these, long ago was this? This was in 2000, and we came home from Argentina in 2014. And so not long ago. No, no, I, I was a, I was down, and then but then check this out, man. I had weathered through that and came back, and then just this awakened desire for joy starts to increase, and I was like, oh my goodness! And then, you know, we went through California. We were in California for a year, and then we moved to Tennessee, hit some roadblocks in Tennessee, and I was like, oh my goodness, we this desire for joy is still there. It's increasing and I need it. And then I remember the Lord woke me up about four in the morning uh, one day and he said, it's time to write. I was like, whoa, I did not see that coming because I had spoken on joy at times. And so it just began to increase. And, Mm -hmm. and, and he just gave me a whole outline. Just write it, dive into this because there's something here about joy that this, this world needs. I was like, okay, let's go for it. And so I just started writing about it. And that was, um, you know, and, finally finished it in 2019 but it it was a wild wild journey man and those things just uh, that desire was real that that desire to awaken joy in my own life and see it awaken in other people's life is real because it's something we all need and that we all um desire so um that's that's really where it was at that starting point the turning point was in argentina and um tell you what though another breaking point was just about a year and a half ago i had I, without realizing I had buried those wounds in Argentina and buried the, the, those moments and came back almost with a sense of failure. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we went down to another planet church, but we didn't. Uh, and it was like I, I had a moment with some brothers and we had some time and just true vulnerable, open time. And, and um, I realized like I'd just been walk, carrying the shame, like, oh my goodness, from Argentina. And then through through time and and even some prayer and different things, I felt like there's a true breakthrough and a true release of like, okay, it's going to be all right. So there's something, a, a dam broke, if you will. And it was through community, it's through vulnerability. And um, it was just absolutely amazing. So it's just been this life of joy. Isn't like I've arrived. And and I would, I, I, um, I really mean that with all my heart. Joy isn't something you just arrive at and you're like, all of a sudden you're the joy person. You know, it's like, no, joy is this, it's part of the journey that can be present throughout all of it. And uh, in the valleys, in the mountaintops, it's all there. Um, and so and it can increase over time, right? Absolutely. Like, like you said, it never yeah. arrived. Like, yeah, you, you always just, look forward to more. At, so much more. You know, can I give one more example? For sure. Okay. Um, my grandmother, just, I mean, she's, she's with Jesus now. Um, but this lady had some stinking joy. Oh my goodness. And like you say, like you can have more. Absolutely. And, but talk about going through some difficult times. Um, She, uh, I watched her go through battle cancer, watched her go through open heart surgery. um, Go, she went through that physically, still had this sense of joy. Like she, she was a snorter when she laughed. And so she'd (laughs) snort and, you know, she'd start (laughs) chuckling and just have this big old snort. And then um, a crazy thing happened. This is in the year 2000. Uh, My, uncle was um, watching their house. They were on a little vacation and he was a recovering addict. He is 20, 20 months sober. And um, one night after going to NA and sharing about his testimony and his story and, and grabbing his chip, um, he went home and a 19 year old kid followed him home and um, came into the house in the middle of the night. Oh, no. um, actually, Came in once, and and my my uncle kicked him. I was like, "Get out of here! Just go go home." And and uh, anyway, the guy came back at, in the middle of the night, killed him with a golf club, and a baseball bat. Yeah, man. And uh, right in his bed, and then tried to light the house on fire. Took off. Who was the kid? This, you, I mean, you yeah. said like, "Oh, go home, go home." But like, what does that mean? Like, who? yeah, it was a guy who followed him home from NA, and it was like he he someone he had met, he had he had known, and he and he was like making all these demands of my uncle, like, "Hey, cook us some food and all this stuff." And he's like, "No, just 
it's time for you guys to go home, you know? And this kid came back, you know, in the middle of the night, drug induced, I'm sure, got high or whatever, took off, went, went out of the country for 13 years. Took, it was on America's Most Wanted two different times. And, um, and I remember it was about a year after it had happened. And um, my uncle was, he's an amazing guy. And like I said, he, he died sober. Um, he, he had found the Lord in his journey. And uh, so it was, a, it was a bittersweet thing of like, oh my goodness, I know he's okay, but this is rough on our family. Seeing my dad weather through this, his, his little brother, who was brutally killed, go through this. And then I remember sitting on the couch with my grandma, and she used to have me read her the Psalms, you know, and, and I read. This is her son. Yeah. Her son and her house that they lit on fire, almost burned it to the ground. Oh man! I'm sitting, like I said, America's most wanted. It was just, it was a crazy story. And I remember sitting on the couch with her about a year after it happened, still fresh, still raw. And she's sitting there, and and she would she would cry often, you know, and just remembering my uncle and sitting there and and reading her a psalm. But then I had to pause. I said, Grandma, because she still carried this joy. I couldn't. I was like, I don't get it. This is deep, deep joy. <laughs> How do you still, how can you still smile? And she was by no means faking it. I'm not a fan of faking it. Right. At all. Don't fake it. You this isn't one of those fake it till you make it. No. Oh, please no. Sure. No, yeah. this is the real deal. And I remember, I was like, what is it? What is it? I don't get it, Grandma. How can you still have joy? And she was like, she just paused and said, just because I know he's there. I know the Lord is there. He's never left me. He never will. Dude, come on. He, he is there. That's why I say joy is found in, in the reality of the presence of Jesus, just knowing he's there. And, and, and I, that's where I was like, oh, it's just about him. She had that deep well joy, that, that, that inner joy that we talked about. It was there. It was present. It was because of him, clearly. And to see her weather through that. And then, and then she had um, just continued to allow God to heal her. And, and, you know, she missed her son often and, a year before she died, they found him. They found the guy who had killed no him. Yep. Way. They found him. They never gave up on the on on the on the search. Brought him back to justice. Brought him back into the country. He goes on trial. He's convicted of murder and sentenced to a life in prison. And at his sentencing, this is this is where it just for me, it's like th there's something to this, and it's the word forgiveness that this is another damn buster. It just opens wide the door of joy when we can forgive, when we can truly forgive those who've hurt us. And I looked at him, and my dad, there he was in the courtroom at the sentencing. And he's a guy who just loves Jesus. He's an awesome, he's also a joy carrier. He got what my grandma had and he just continues it. And um, there they are in the courtroom and and they, they sentence him to life in prison. They said, does anyone from the family want to say anything to Mr. Hernandez before he's sent off to San Quentin. And my dad said, yeah. And he stood up and he looked this kid in the eye. This, well, now he's a full grown man, you know, 13 years later, looks him in the eye and he says, Jared, I forgive you. I forgive you for what you did to my brother. I forgive you for what you did to our family. I forgive you. And it was like, courtroom <laughs> silent. Dude, what the yeah. heck? True story. And, and the lawyer even looks at, uh, the guy who killed my uncle, and he said, oh sir, like his lawyer was like, sir, you need to listen to what he just said. And my, and because my dad even shared the gospel with him, he forgave him, and he said, look, I want you to be with my, uh, with my brother someday oh my on streets of gold, and I forgive you, and I pray that you find Jesus. And that's where that lawyer was like, listen to what he said, you know? It was amazing. And so forgiveness is massive if we're ever going to walk in joy. We have to let people go. It, people are going to hurt us. They're human. And, and, and some of those things that have hurt us are absolutely wrong. It doesn't, by the, the thing is we think that if we forgive them, it makes what they did right. By no means. What they did to us, how they hurt us is wrong, period. Some people have been massively injured and scarred, but we're still called to forgive. We're still called to forgive. We're it because it it releases us. You know, if we, if we're carrying on to old wounds or people that have hurt us, it's like us carrying them on our backs. It just gets heavy. And so the thing about forgiveness is we're able. It, we just we let them go. 
We let them go. I'm not going to sing it, but it's real. We let them go. When you hear of someone that forgave at that massive of a level, it almost makes it impossible for you to get mad about what your friends said about you behind your back or, you know, the gossip that's going on around town or like, like that's so petty and small compared to being able to forgive at that level. Yeah. Like that's a game changer, man. It is a game changer. And, and I've, and I see, I see the fruit of it, the reality of it, like in my own dad's life, like he carries a joy that I want. I'm like, I want what you got, dad. I do. He's one of my heroes, man. And, and I, and I looked at my grandma who's just like, I want that. That's what I want. That's what I'm talking about. You know, and they continue to go through hard, hard stuff, you know, and my dad continued I'm open heart. He had open heart surgery and goes through all this stuff, but like the joy just remained and it came down to having a heart that's willing to forgive that level. And so me too, I'm like, how could I ever hold a grudge against my wife who offended me? You know, like this afternoon, girl, I forgive you. I love you. You know, whoever it is that maybe have hurt us. And, and some of us have some deep wounds. I know. Um, but there's something to forgiveness that releases us to, to experience a, a supernatural kind of joy. How do you forgive someone that doesn't ask for your forgiveness Huge. or doesn't think they need your forgiveness? Like, I'm, okay, I don't need you to forgive yeah. me, yeah. Danny. Like, yeah, exactly. How do you forgive that in your heart? Yep. Even if, like, if I wronged you sure, and you say, Matt, I forgive you. And I think, yeah. for what? Like, yeah. Oh, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, how yeah. do you, how are you forgiving me when I'm, yeah, don't even really want your forgiveness? Because it's, re- it really is putting the ball in your court. It's like, hey, I'm letting you go. And then it's like, you do whatever you want with it. You know what I mean? It's like, this is for me. Forgiveness is, is for our own soul. And, and, and it, it's, we really have to just let that person, however they're going to deal with it, they might not even get it. Maybe they will. Maybe like, oh, I've just, for example, I, there was a, a deep wound. Um, I won't go into details or anything that um, it happened with my mom, you know, years ago. And um, she had wounded our family and, and everything's now, fine now and she's restored and everything, but she wounded our family. And I remember years later, I, like I felt like the light went on in my own heart, like, oh no, I've been holding on to this. I remember I sure. called her. I was like, mom, I just want to let you know, I forgive you. And she just paused and she knew what for. Right. And, and then she just started crying on the phone and she's like, Danny, you were the last one. I've just been oh, waiting for you. You made me cry three times this <laughs> podcast, bro. I'm sorry, but it's true. It, and it, she was, so she free. knew. Yes. Big time. And she never said anything. No, she was just like, she was finally free. I was more than free because of me just letting her go. But I had, I didn't know how she was going to respond. I didn't. I just had to call and say, you know what? I forgive you. And, and she knew with us, it was, she knew what it was about, but yet sometimes maybe we do need to say what it was about, but we let them go. And then it's really up to them. But the, but the truth is we've dealt with it. We've, we've taken them the weight of them on our back and just let it go. So you're a pro at this. Why are people so afraid to forgive and have that conversation? Like, I know I've may or may not have wronged you, but but I know that you're treating me a little bit different, Danny. And mm-hmm. I have some ideas on, on what I've done to kind of tick you off, whatever. Yeah. Why is it so hard for me to say, "Hey, man, are we are we good? Mm-hmm. Did I do anything?" Like, yeah. I, what have you noticed with people? Like, how come they can't have those conversations? Yeah. It, a vulnerability, lot of, right? It, it, it's vulnerability it, and, and shame is tied into it. Um, not wanting to offend, not wanting, you know, um, sometimes they're so hurt. They want that person to hurt as bad as they, they do. Yeah, That's a big part of that it. Is big. Especially if they've done something really wrong, um, you know, jail worthy maybe, which is a reality and thinking that that it comes down to the whole thing of thinking that if I forgive them, they're going to think that what they did was, it wasn't that bad. Or they're going to think that what they did wasn't wrong. and um, But that's not the truth. Forgiving them means you've forgiven them for the wrong that they've done. And um, and it's one of those things that you, j- you just, you have to literally put the ball in their court. And, um, and it might be awkward, but it's real. 
it might be awkward, but it's real. So, so. Dan Busters is community. Yep. Dan Busters is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, vulnerability. Vulnerability, Dan yep. Buster. Yep. How many Dan Busters are in this book? Yeah, I would say, I, I mentioned four. I also talk about roots. And, you know, I go in, that's a whole other topic of roots that really suck the life out of us. And, um, but another one, I would say a damn buster, and, and I, I would even say the last one I talk about today is gratitude. And that's just, I mean, all, it, you go across the board, leadership circles, I mean, secular, faith-based, it, it doesn't matter. It, gratitude is huge. Just being thankful does something to our, our mental capacity. It does something to our hearts. It, just saying thank you is huge, absolutely huge. And, um, and so I would say gratitude is a huge, massive aspect of joy where we're just thankful, you know, thankful that it's not raining today. Awesome. Or thankful that it is. I mean, just saying thank you is, is huge, whether it's to another person, whether it's to God, um, just having a sense of gratitude, it does something. It physically does something when we can just have a sense of thankfulness. That's why my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, man. Because there's no other reason. We're just, it's a Thanksgiving day. We're not doing it because, you know, it's the it's a celebration of the freedom of our country or anything like that. It's just, it's a day to stop yeah. and give thanks. One of my favorite things to do <clears throat> is to thank people that don't expect it, that are doing very ungratifying jobs. Yeah. Like the TSA agent when we were yes, in, in dude, the airport. Yeah. That's snap-worthy, lo- dude. Oh, dude, I love... <laughs> I love winning those people over. Yes. The people at the DMV. Um, here's a Huge. cool story. Um, and this happened last week. Um, the people who collect the uh, the tolls at the toll yeah. road. Like, <laughs> toll people, like, Willie, like, man. Dude, they deal with pissed off, angry people <laughs> all, all day. As if totally. it's their fault that they got to get you through security yeah. or take your money. Or it's, like, yeah. it's like, dude, like... It's not their fault. It's so, so true. But and but gratitude can get you so far with people. So far. It's Here's amazing. a cool story. Um, I I rented a car in 2018 when I was traveling to California. I went across a toll road, and I wasn't registered. Whatever. Uh, the toll was a dollar and eighty five cents. Okay. About a month ago, which is three years past that, I get a letter in the mail from a collection agency, a law firm, whatever. For a hundred and one dollars and eighty-five cents, whatever it was. So they tacked a hundred dollar penalty. No on. way. So long story short, I call the lady. She's very raggedy. I think her name was even like Gretchen or Wanda or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> but she she's in a bad mood. And I go, How are you doing today? Um, so I, I don't know. How, how are you doing? I go, Well, I'm not doing too good. I mean, I gotta pay $101 and my total's only she's like, Yeah, you know, well, sorry, you shouldn't have done. It. I go, you're like, you're right, I shouldn't have done. I go, hey. I just want you to know, I go, you're really good at your job. I go, you really do. I go, yeah. I go, and she's like, oh, I go, well, you know, thanks for helping me today. I go, you know, is there, is there anything we can do in this and that? She's like, no, there's nothing you can do, whatever. By the time it was over and I was just talking to her and I actually thanked her for taking my freaking collection, she waved the hundred bucks, yeah! dude. Yeah! worthy. <laughs> and at the awesome. end, she, and here's what she said, dude. I'm not even joking. She goes, I don't know what it is about you, but you're like the happiest guy I've ever yeah. met to pay a toll. She goes, so you know what? I will take it off for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, stuff like that happens oh, all the time. Whether it's like, yeah. oh, I put a little extra French fries in there for you when you're at McDonald's or something. <laughs> or like, you know, I gave you an extra ranch dressing at Chick-fil-A. Well, if you're just gratitude, you thankful to people, it's huge. a game changer. Huge. You know what I love? Here's what I love doing. And, and it's right up this alley. I love telling people they're awesome. Just randomly, it, especially like people at some of the grocery store, especially now in COVID. I mean, they're wearing a mask all day. They're all drained. And and I'll even start, hey, is everyone nice to you today? And they're like, no, yeah. you know, or whatever. And um, we're just saying, hey, has anyone told you you're awesome yet today? Dude, they're like, no, <laughs> no, they haven't. Thank you. You know, and it just, dude, game changer, same kind of thing. Just thanking them for being them. You know, that, that's something my dad always does. He's like, hey, thanks for being you. That's so cool. You know, isn't that killer? Like, and so say, telling someone they're awesome, that's a sense of gratitude. You're like, you're actually showing them they have value. And you're saying, I'm thankful for you. And whoa, 
really, you were thankful for Tollbooth Wanda. You know what I mean? Like, and she was, waved a hundred bucks. You know, it's just, it's a, it's amazing. And you did that. You, you didn't expect her to do that. Totally. You were just being like, Hey, thanks. You know, you're, you're good at your job. And we don't go into it with a false assumption. Like we're going to get something out of it. Cause then it would take away from the whole, totally whole beauty of it. But we just say, Hey, thanks for being awesome. But the yeah. thing is, too, is like you never know if you're talking to the 13-year-old Danny who's thinking oh, about suicide. Like you shit. never know what's on the other yeah. side of the toll booth, the other yeah. side of the telephone. Like you can be the – and these are things I believe we won't find out until we get to heaven. So true. To where all these things are revealed. I'm so starting true. to cry right now yeah. thinking about it. It's like yeah. the lives that you changed Huge. just from having joy – the joy of the Lord in your heart. Yeah. And if you need strength, it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. What's the, what's one thing you, I could talk to you for three hours, but uh, <laughs> it's only a one hour show. We're probably right about that time. I feel it in my gut. Um, what's one thing that you would leave our audience with? Um, whether it's a quote, whether it's, you know, just some deep Jedi mind joy trick that you have. What would you tell me? What's the takeaway? How can they experience joy and, and what would you have them do? Yeah. I'll recap those, those damn busters real quick as live with vulnerability. Just be honest with yourself, with others, with God. Um, don't be afraid to share the gold. Um, but also don't be afraid to talk about the trash. We got to deal with it. Got to throw it out. Um, forgive. It's not worth it to hold on. It's just not. Let, those who've hurt you, I know it's hard. If you're able to, if there is faith in your heart, get laid at the cross, you know. Um, let forgiveness happen. Sorry. Yeah. I usually don't end up with this part, but this is it's on my mind. Does there have to be communication and forgiveness? Or can I just say, Well, I I forgive you in my heart. Yeah. Well, you really know you huge. don't. If there if there is a chance for communication, it would help. It could be a letter. Maybe someone even, it's a text. I don't know. But if there can be communication, it's just going to help that much more. Uh, like it's going to solidify that moment of forgiveness. Maybe they've already passed. Then it's a, a matter of your heart and just giving it. Um, and, you know, and then community. We can't do life alone, man. We can't. You know, we just got done watching uh, that series on History Channel alone. You know, during COVID, is like that was our binge watch alone. Yeah. I would say more than 80% of the people went home because they couldn't make it out in the wilderness. It wasn't because survival skills. It was because they missed people. Wow. Yep. That's we need people. Crazy. It's huge for joy. And then be thankful. You know, I, I, let's just, let's have a sense of gratitude. Tell people they're awesome. I'll close with this last little 30 second story. And then there was a guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. True story. He wrote a note that morning. He said, if somebody will smile at me today. I won't jump. Oh my God. He jumped, man. He jumped. He, 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 like, we, we're talking a full day he goes through. Not one person would smile. And so even with masks on our face and COVID world, we can still smile with our eyes. We can still tell people they're awesome. Just hand out some smiles, man. It goes a long ways, and it might even save someone's life. Dude, that's heavy duty right there. Yeah. I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for you too, coming man. on. So this is the book, Where's the Joy? Danny Williamson, where can they get this? Uh, you get it on Amazon. It's probably the best place to get it. Um, it's easy. We all shop at Amazon these days. Um, and yeah, that, that'd be that'd be where you can do it. So. And they can also follow you on Instagram at Danny C. Williamson, even though he's purging himself from the gram right now. <laughs> But you will respond. How do people get yeah. a hold of you? Like, because I know you speak for different companies. Yeah, and I know. Yeah. Like, do you talk back to your peeps? Like, can they get a hold of you? Totally, totally. Um, best way would, would be my email. You can just do hello at dannywilliamson.com. Hello. It. Yeah. <laughs> Send me an email. I, I'll respond. Um, I check my emails every day. And so um, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And and I'd be happy to come out if it's speaking. Um, if it's just, man, you want to have a cup of coffee, bring it. You know, so... Um, I, I just, that's what it's about. We need each other. And can we have a cup of coffee? Could we be friends now? Let's do it, bro. <laughs> Dude, you totally went to school with my wife. I know, right? How amazing is that? She probably made fun of me back in the day. <laughs>
There it is, Danny Williamson, the love or the joy doctor. That's right. Dr. Joy. You can find his book on Amazon, follow him on Instagram, and thank you so much for coming. And thank you for tuning in, listening, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, or on YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and share. If you know someone right now that is just down in the dumps, that is dark, and then they could use today's message, send it to them. Share it with them. It's like giving them a smile. You cannot watch and listen to today and not laugh and cry all in the same time. And that's what Level Up is all about. And Eli continues to tell me to tell you to rate our podcast. It does something to the algorithm, and it really, really helps us out. So if you can help us out, I'm not asking for your money. I'm asking for your rating and your comment. Five-star rating, five-star comment, and share. Thank you guys so much, and thank you, Danny, for coming. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you so much. You are the man. This has been another week of Level Up.